Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. We are on the block. I'm Austin. He's Strick. He's Strick to be exact with you here on the block. Two to four every day here on 93.7 Ticket. Stricky. Yes. We're shooting back at the text line. Yeah. Eric with no K. You try to come at Stricky. I see you. He says this on the uh, Sardar Heyman text line. 402-464-5685. Eric says, hey, Strick, name one quarterback where change of teams made a big difference. I don't have one for you. I have four. Just off the top. Here we go. Drew Brees. Huge change. Huge. Huge. Career altering change. Career all the Hall of Fame altering change mm-hmm. made the difference. Let's go. Let's go with another Hall of Famer. Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons one year. Dismal. Terrible. Goes up to Green Bay. Hall of Famer. Yep. Alex Smith. Everybody hated him. Next thing you know, he goes to KC and gets the job done. And last but not least, this is a little bit different situation because he still was a stud when he was there, but <laughs> he still became another stud because the change of venue still made him great. Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, any others out there, 402-464-5685, if you have any other quarterbacks that a change made a difference, and really we were talking about multiple sports. We weren't just talking about quarterbacks at that time. We were also just talking about sometimes just a change of venue, of location, of coaches mm-hmm. can make the difference of somebody thriving and moving up. And I'll give you one in basketball. Jermaine O'Neal. Mm. They're in Portland. Didn't really fit. Brian Grant, you know, uh, Rasheed Wallace had tremendous depth. Next thing you know, gets to Indiana, becomes a multiple all-star. Probably going to be a Hall of Famer, too. Ooh, Jermaine O'Neal to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he probably is going to be. I think he might get there. Hmm. Uh, You're letting me down a Jermaine O'Neal rabbit hole right now. Someone says Tom Brady. I don't know. Did Wasn't he? He was already with the Tampa Bay, right? Are you trying to say when he went to the Bucks? Yeah. Eh, Tom Brady's a hard one because he was still, I mean, he got rejuvenated in Tampa Bay, but I I think we can blame a lot of his shortcomings at the end of his New England time on just a lack of weapons around him. Well, yeah, yeah. And he's still Tom Brady. Yeah, but Ray throws out, well, he had a good year down in Sandy. Ray, then why didn't he stay? Answer, can you, if you can answer that question, why didn't he stay in San Diego if everything was so hunky-dory, everything was so great, and he had greatest of years and time down there? Why, why did he get traded? Okay. Yeah, no, we're talking about the, the quarterbacks here in this discussion. Which quarterback? Obviously, if a quarterback gets better, the team's going to improve. It's hard for a quarterback to get better and a team to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so the quarterbacks, who did the – which quarterbacks did a change of scenery help? The Michael Vick one fascinates me to no end, strike because he was out of the league for two seasons with – you know, the, the dog fighting ring and everything like that. Comes back in uh, 2009 at age 29, uh, plays in 12 games, gets a start. But then 2010, he posts the highest uh, completion percentage of his career, uh, the second most uh, passing yards of his career, most passing touchdowns of his career, and like the, the fewest full-season interceptions mm-hmm. when he played in 12 games a season. Second in offensive player of the year voting, wins comeback player of the year in a landslide, makes a Pro Bowl, and then follows it up with another really solid year 
in 2011. Yeah. Like, we, we know what Michael Vick was when yeah. he first started. Yeah. But to go to Philadelphia with, with Andy Reid, again, I think that's a common theme. Yeah. yeah. You go to, yeah. you know, these places with good quarterback coaches. Yeah. Guys that are willing to fit them in the system. Yeah. Um, I love Josh. <laughs> Josh says, Kurt Warner from high V to <laughs> – <laughs> to not the greatest wrong. show on turf. You're not wrong on that. I, I would agree with Doug Williams. Uh Peyton Manning, um, I think that's that that he was great. He was great in Indy. Um Peyton then didn't he get goes he better. got a little bit I, I don't think he got better. I think he just stayed. Peyton had one really good year yeah. and then got carried yeah. the next year. No, no, listen, yes, but that's what I'm saying. Phillip Rivers, they thought he was better for them. So Yes, the injury leads Philip Rivers to come up, but the change of scenery is what made him great. Is I'm still right. I'm still right. You mm-hmm. you 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 couldn't talk me off the ledge on that one. I'm still right on that because the change of scenery. Because guess what? He wouldn't be who he was if he stays in San Diego. Uh, text line: yeah. Are you saying Rich Gannon when he went from uh, Kansas City to Oakland? Please specify. We've seen a lot of Rich Gannon votes here. Yeah, to Oakland. What? Yeah, when he had a really good year in 2002. But that would have been one. It would have been his fourth season in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so but again, it's good stuff. Thank you guys. You guys are always, you know, good about uh, following up. Brad, Mark McGuire. I'd like to understand that one a little bit. I know Oakland A's Mark McGuire, but I don't know previous to to that where Mark was. Um, so he, yeah. Well, yeah, he was just in Oakland. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, he was young in Oakland. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna look this up. Text line, you're giving us stuff to think about. Yeah, you're giving us some stuff to ponder, but let, let me uh, let, let me just throw this out, text line, because, you know, um, UFC fighter um, notches a big upset and then on live admits um, that, uh, let me see, her name was Jacqueline Amarim. Um, then she said something that was... <laughs> <laughs> likely that she would regret. And and here's the thing, 400 plus 400 odds on a $1000 bet. That's 400 grand if I'm correct. I don't I, you know, help me and my math may not be math and I wasn't super great at it, but they made a they made a nice little chunk of chisnai change. Um but at the end of the day, I want to know this. Do you guys think that this happens more often than not? I see boxers all the time betting on the side about, you know, what I'm going to do to you. I've seen boxers put money on themselves. Four grand. Four grand. Yep. $4,400. Because you put, where did I do that? 400, I think you, 400, 400. 400. Plus 400 odds at $1,000. Plus. It's got to be more than that. Plus 400 odds at $1,000. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Only four grand? Man, I ain't taking that bet. That's garbage. I'm going four hundred. I mean, you quadruple what you made. I'm trying to hit the. I'm trying to hit the the mint. Um, Okay, but um, nonetheless, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen boxers that have been tremendous underdogs throw money on themselves and hit a mint. Like, is that is that bad? Is that bad for you to bet on yourself in that type of ring? What is an arena that it's bad for? I can understand it's bad in football maybe because you might drop a pass and say that I needed to drop that pass because uh, I, 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 we, we were three um, we're, we, we're three point uh, whatever those I don't I'm not a betting man but you know what I'm saying and that was gonna put us in field goal range with a minute left so I can understand I'm gonna drop that pass I can get those type 
But if you're in like boxing or if you're in, you know, wrestling or if you're in the Olympics or you're, you know, when is it do you feel it's okay for you to bet on yourself? See, this is where, Strick, I've always gone back and forth on this question because to me, the first example that comes to mind is Pete Rose, Mm -hmm. you know, and what he did betting on, in a lot of cases, the Reds to win. And on, on the surface... To me, if you're betting on your team to win, it's hard for me to think that's nefarious. Like you're going to, you know, 1919 Chicago Black Sox, it. throw the game, throw the World Series, you know, everyone get, you know, indicted for that. So mm-hmm. on its face, I, I don't love the idea of punishing people for betting on themselves, trying to make some money off of it, yeah. if that's what they're going to do. But where it gets into the the gray area, especially in boxing or, you know, these individual fighting sports what have these camps heard about potential injury news? Do they know that the opponent is, you know, still mm. fighting off an injury, not going to mm. make weight, something like that. Mm. If someone in the camp or someone close to the fighter knows that information and the rest of the public doesn't, that's a little insider trading. So again, if everything is on the up and up, everything's out there, then yeah, you're betting on yourself. Why not make some money off of it? But it's when there are secrets and not everyone knows there's information that's not available to everyone that some people will get rich quicker, you know, against the spirit of the, the gambling game. What about the what about the Donahue situation where there's a referee that's, that's putting, just a problem, putting, problem. putting cake Ola on the games and oh, oh, yeah, the spread is this. Let me put that foul on it. Bing! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. That, that's the crazy part about that. I was like, wow. Now, but here's the here's the thing I want to even talk about even more. How the freak do they find out? Like, I've heard of situations where guys have bet on themselves, bet on the games that they're playing, and they've, they've done it through friends or they've done it. Like, how do they find out? Like, are, are, is there listening devices in the crib? Like, are you talking about you won and then somebody heard it through the grapevine? I'm trying to understand how these folks be finding out when you're doing it. That's crazy to so, me. In the Donahue situation, wasn't it a sting of some sort where they went undercover to find it out? Ooh. Or, like, phone tapped him or Ooh. overheard a conversation or, or, of some sort? Or I don't it could remember. Be, it could be the betting people, right, get clamped. They get they get, right. they get clipped. And and the next thing you know is they drop a dime <laughs> on the person's that they feel they can help them get out. It's it's a crazy game. That's why I'm glad I don't bet. I'll go out to Vegas, sit down at the table, maybe hit a 21 or two, and uh, and walk out the door with a few hundred out, <laughs> out my pocket. I'm not going crazy on the betting machines. Are anybody on here betters? Do you do you feel that it's ethical for what sport is? Would it be ethical for you to bet on yourself? It's 402-464-5685. I want to know what sport is it? Is it? Uh, racing like NASCAR or IndyCar is it is it uh, track and field I'm running this hundred I'm but what sport do you think it would be ethical for you to bet on yourself I want to know it's tough because again on on the surface if it's hey I think we're going to win or hey I really like our chances or hey we're good I want to support my team and here's a monetary show of faith like yeah yeah, I'm going to put my money in back there because if I can get rich by my play and I can get rich by backing it up on the field, sure. Best kind of double jeopardy. Yeah. But, again. I got one for you, though. Okay, go for it. I got one for you. Okay. I think, I, and, and I like it. JKB says, 
on the hunter uh, on the Sutter Hammond text line. How about horse racing, where the owners and the trainers bet on their horse? I can see jockeys not allowed to bet, but the owners. I I I can respect that. I'm betting on my horse, my guy in the in in the Kentucky Derby. He coming through for me. And I assume the jockey already knows. Hey, there's a lot of money riding on this because I get a percentage. The the equestrian realm is its own thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of money goes into that. So mm-hmm. I assume the jockey already feels the pressure, even if he doesn't know that there's you know a bet slip placed. Uh, yeah. I like I like that. That's a good one for me. Brad on the Sutter Hammond text line says swimming, bowling, and track. I, I like those. I like those bowling. You know, you you got you got you got to spin it, baby. You can't. You know, you could throw the gutter ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could throw the gutter ball and be like, well, I'm taking the L on this one. I I went for the uh, uh, the under on it, but I, I like that. Um, Shaken Not Sir also throws out golf as an option. And here's the thing. I think it would be dumb for golfers to bet on each, on themselves. It's too difficult. Because, four days? Yeah, four days of it. And think about the mental struggles some people already have with a putter. Right. I got to make this putt and I get another million dollars. Is that going to make anything simpler? Austin, I go golfing and I bet with my friends. I have skin games where there's a group of us and this, ooh, this birdie right here. I know this is a long one. This was into the wind. I just clipped one for about 285, 300 into the wind, and I'm on in two. And I'm, I'm, I'm knowing the other crews, and I'm like, yeah, this is the one. And I've stood over that thing and missed it. You're right, bro. That's that's those are those are trickies. The next level then strick is when we get these arenas built and new stadiums built with sports books inside of them for fans. You know an athlete's going to hear about it. You know they're going to walk by and see it and it only takes one to get a little temptation. Ooh, spreads 13 and a half. I'll blow this layup at the end of the game. Make myself a little cashola, which again, no, betting no. against yourself, but it only takes one. You're absolutely right. It only takes one. And I happen to know one. Um Played with him when I was with the Mavericks. He actually got a a 10-day contract with us. Um, Could play. Big, strong body. Arizona State uh, player. All conference. uh, Stephen Headache Smith. They've got they had him on uh you could you could look at Netflix. I think it's something, it was a show on Netflix, something about money, uh, greed, or something. And they had him on there. Hmm. Um and his story was he was throwing games and and he got a couple of the players in there and and he ended up getting banned and um you know that's tough but you're right there's a way that you could go about it there's a way that you can turn the ball over you know you know kind of you need to kind of get into it get closer you mm-hmm. you can you can kind of do that if you're the head guy you're the point guard yeah so there's a way for you to do that yeah 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 uh unnamed texture you know what i'm talking about uh, yeah there was a documentary uh on netflix and it was about headache it's called bad sport yep i see i, I don't be knowing the names but i, I be knowing <laughs> you know i've seen it i'd be yeah. seeing it i'd be getting the gist of it yeah uh hoop schemes is what someone else is saying it's called that could have been another one, but I do remember the one on Netflix, which was hmm. bad sport. They were, and it was talking about multiple sports, different types of sports where people were doing shady business and bad things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of was one that popped up. It's uh, tough too, Strick, because I think athletes have to understand that they're the ones playing the game. And as much as you know, they are people too, they're not just athletes, they have to understand what their position is, what the league looks like. And even if it's you know harmless – 
what do we say all the time on the show? Perception is reality. Yeah. Perception yeah. becomes reality. Yeah. yeah. If someone thinks it, it breaks you're down doing the integrity. It does. Yeah. Go ahead. And that's just tough to come back from. Yeah. It does. If if you ever break down the integrity of it, I I think. I think that's something that we see in regular life that's starting to happen right now. Um, some of the integrities that are starting to be broken that we thought were always sacred, like voting mm-hmm. and different things like that. When you start kind of seeing inaccurate, in, you know, you know, uh, things that are uh, inconsistencies and stuff like that, it starts to break down the confidence in those things. And it happens in sports, too. If you don't feel that the sport is is integral then you can start losing faith in it. And so, yeah, it's 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 one of those themes as well. Unnamed Texter says billiards. I would agree with that. I think billiards would be one, you know, my trick shot here or there. But it's one also that still every sport in some form or fashion has one in which you can you can kind of, you know, shadily uh, do something to kind of cause some fault in it. Right. The other kind of danger zone is when does this spill over from fans to players? We saw that with Brad Beal mm. earlier this season. I don't think we ever got a chance to talk about it, but the guy claims he was, you know, joking or said in a joking manner, but hey, Beal, you cost me $1,300, you fill in the blank. You don't bring that to the game. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, Brad Beal didn't handle it the best. I don't think the guy handled it the best either. Yeah. But. We all either have to, you know, come to an understanding that, hey, if this is going to happen, we don't bring it into the arena. We don't bring it up, you know, to the athletes. You know, same with, like, fantasy football. Hey, why didn't you get another 10 yards? You cost me a fantasy league. (laughs) They don't care, nor should they. Yeah. So if this is going to continue to become more popular, and by that I mean sports betting, we have to come to understanding that we do not bring it up with the athletes. Yeah, and and, and the last one I'm going to throw out to you, and this is this is this is one I just want to have a yes or no on. Do you think the UNLV running Rebels, back when Larry Johnson, Stacy Augman, uh, Greg Anthony, and that whole crew, do you think they ever? Did you do you think they threw the Duke game? For the for the cashola, I don't know. I just want to throw it. Out. I just want to throw it out of there because they were they were the big time favorites to win that one, and uh, yeah, they ended up losing. But uh, that's just something to throw out there. Great segment, great segment. Thank you guys for uh, chiming in and tapping in on the text line. As always, we appreciate your input and uh, great stuff. But we've got to take a break, man. Crossover should right be close. Around. We'll ask them yeah. if they thought that game was thrown. Ooh, we'll throw it back to them. We'll be right back. Ninety three seven, the ticket on the block right after this.